0: Can we give some more love to the fabulous Karen Drucker and our wonderful band? Thank you, Karen. I couldn't think of a better song to kick us off today because, boy, oh boy, we just came from a month of vulnerability. Now we're going into the darkness, and I think we need some light. So, we are going to get that light today. And happy Mother's Day. Thank you to all of our amazing mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers and foster moms for getting us into the world. Because that's what you did. You got us here. And that's pretty amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, today we're talking about fear. And we're talking about fear, particularly of the darkness. Ooh. Yeah. And... For many years, I struggled with my own fear, my own fear of my own darkness. And having not grown up with the tools that I would need to be able to work through my own childhood trauma, I didn't really know how to do anything other than be in that darkness. Sure, I'd find glimmers of light here and there. You know, I'd find that sometimes with friends. Sometimes I'd find those glimmers of light with, you know, learning something new. Um, Sometimes I would find glimmers of light in the strangest of places, like just being out in nature. But there was this constant companion of darkness that was with me for much of my life. And what I didn't realize during those years of depression was that no matter how dark things became, there was always this light that was shining within me. Sure, sometimes it seemed pretty dim, but it was always there. And it was always inviting me gently to discover it, saying, hey, Russ, I'm still here. (laughs) I know things are rough right now, but... Why don't you come in and be with the light? And it was inviting me to use it to brighten my life and to brighten the lives of those around me. And the good news is that eventually I I discovered that light for myself. And I discovered it when I found my way into our new thought teachings, our science of mind teachings. And I began to build a relationship Not just with that light, but that light invited me to build a relationship with my own fears and particularly my fears of the darkness within me. And once I started doing that, it's almost as though somebody started to give my light fuel because that light grew and it became more and more And as that light grew brighter, it helped me to deepen my own understanding of my fears. It helped me to understand that darkness. That darkness that around which I so often felt powerless. And the truth is, and we heard this from Dr. Edward last week, that each of us has that light within, that light within that cannot be extinguished. It is the very essence of who we are. It is the very essence of our being. It's the core of us. You know, it's like that, that juicy core at the middle of the Tootsie Pop. It's delicious. It's amazing. It's wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get through the crunchy exterior to get to it, Right. <laughs> And even though sometimes it can feel dim in the midst of all the darkness that we might see in our lives, in the world, it never can be diminished. And it's that part of us that not only can it not be harmed, it never has been harmed. So my light, when I discovered it, it helped me to realize that I was never going to heal from my depression, from my darkness until I faced it. Not as an adversary, not as an enemy, but facing it from the loving perspective of that light within me. That light allowed me to see my depression through the lenses of compassion and courage and curiosity. Isn't it great that that all those words start with a C? It makes them so easy to remember. (laughs) And in so doing that, I was able to find healing. I found healing because my depression, it turns out, more than anything, was simply a part of me that wanted to be seen. It wanted to be accepted. It wanted to be heard. It wanted me to seek it out and to understand it, to know it, and through my understanding and my knowing to love it. As long as I was fighting it, As long as I was allowing my fear of it to win over, I was never going to grow. But the instant, the instant that I embraced my depression, something shifted within me. It's as though in that act of trying to simply know and love and accept my depression through those loving eyes of that light within me, it's almost like all the fears dissolved away in that moment. Sure, it did take some time. I want to be clear here. The way I'm saying it, it seems like, oof, you know, I'm enlightened, but it took time. It took time. So I don't want to set an unrealistic expectation, but that light grew and it grew and it allowed those fears to dissolve. And that's what I want to talk with us about today. How we can, through the strength and courage of that light within us, come to embrace our darkness and come to embrace our fears. And allow that love to be a force for good, a force for healing. So something interesting that I found, and maybe you've had this experience yourself. Well, oftentimes my fear of the darkness can sometimes be worse than the darkness itself. And I noticed that my fears would keep me trapped Because they kept me from doing that one thing that ultimately would lead to healing. That embracing that love of my depression and the feelings that were underneath it. I didn't feel safe to explore my depression because I thought that it was an enemy. And so I thought that if I looked at it, that it would consume me. That I might even stop existing. Yeah. Even worse was the fear that when I got a little bit deeper that, well, what if I actually did get healing? Who would I be if I healed from this constant companion that I've had my whole life? Who would I be without my darkness? The truth is that that darkness, that depression within me, it was really just a voice that was asking for healing, healing from things in my past that I wasn't equipped to deal with because I was too young. And the unpleasant feelings that it was using to get my attention, it was using them specifically because it did not want to be ignored. After all, it's hard to ignore sadness, right? It's hard to ignore loneliness. It's hard to ignore anger and frustration. These emotions are powerful in us because they're designed to get our attention. And so sometimes I felt trapped and I didn't know how to feel any other way. And I didn't know how to do anything other than to keep that sadness, to keep the loneliness at bay. Because I didn't want to feel them. Even though feeling those feelings was my path forward. I was so afraid to feel a feeling which would have allowed those emotions to speak their truth to me, to tell me what they're trying to say, to heal, that I couldn't feel anything. Now, the good news is I also found our science of mind teachings. I found our new thought teachings. And the more I dove into them, the more I found myself beginning to shift. I started to shift because one of the powerful things that Ernest Holmes teaches us is that we have this eternal light within us. And that it's that light, that love within us, that is the source of all healing that we experience. And so I found that there was this light within me that was attracted to his writings and that resonated with his writings. And the more I read, the more I felt that light within me growing. And I began to understand that there was this light within me. I began to accept that there was this light within me because I think it's important to make that distinction. There's a difference between understanding a concept, but actually accepting it in our lives is a totally different thing, right? But I started to learn that I am wanted and needed in the world. My light is needed in the world. Otherwise, it would not exist. It wouldn't exist. And I began to understand that I had power over how I saw myself, how I was in relationship with myself. And I had power over how I saw the world and how I was in relationship with the world. Okay, so that light allowed me to, just a little bit at a time, see a little bit more clearly. I was able to see who I was. I was able to see who I was kind of growing into being. And I was able to more clearly see the world around me. This light within me allowed me to see both the good and the bad, not from a place of judgment, but from a place of discernment, from a place of love and curiosity As Parker Palmer might say, I began to see with both eyes rather than just with one. And he writes in his book, To Know and Be Known, many of us live one-eyed lives. We rely largely on the eye of the mind to form our image of reality. But today, more and more of us are opening the other eye. The eye of the heart. Looking for realities to which the mind's eye is blind. Either eye alone is not enough. We need whole sight. A vision of the world in which mind and heart unite. As my two eyes make one in sight. Our seeing shapes our being. Only as we see whole can we and our world be whole. Wow, it's a lot there, yeah? So that light within, as we found from Dr. Edward last week, will give us courage and compassion and curiosity, these things that we need to build a new relationship with our fears and to build a new relationship with the darkness within us. And That's because that light helps us to see clearly. And to give you a concrete example of this, I'd like to share a story. And I think many of us in here will be familiar because we might have um, read about this teenage girl in school. And that's the story of Anne Frank. And on June 12, 1942, a young girl who's Jewish named Anne Frank would begin writing in a diary that she reserved for her, re- received for her birthday. And that diary, it turns out, would end up being a big influence on the world. And her opening statement is so beautiful. And it goes like this. I hope I will be able to confide everything to you, as I have never been able to confide in anyone. And I hope you will be a great source of comfort and support. Now, during her time in hiding from the persecution of Nazi Germany and Amsterdam, Anne Frank was able to find her light and to share it with us through the writings in her diary. Now, I doubt that she knew just how much comfort and support her words would have for so many millions who would read them after her death in a concentration camp in 1946. But I know that It is the optimism, that light, and her own willingness to talk about the darkness that she saw that fills me with inspiration when I read her words. Because throughout her diary, Anne Frank does something really wonderful. She talks about the things that make her feel afraid. She has a lot to be afraid about. She shares with us her thoughts and her feelings. She doesn't really hold back either. <laughs> Actually becomes a problem for her at times because sometimes she writes that, oh, I got to go now. Somebody's trying to see what I'm writing about them in this diary, you know, because sometimes she would maybe not write the most flattering things about the people that she was staying with. <laughs> but she was honest. And she shared of herself in all of those pages. And what's also beautiful is that she doesn't just dwell in the darkness. No, she she talks about the darkness, but she also shares her dreams and her desire to become a writer and to be a journalist and she shares the bonds that she's building with her family and the others that are staying with her in the secret annex and hiding. And she shows us that even though she had to stay in hiding because that's the only way she was going to survive, she never stopped living. She continued to learn, she continued to grow, she continued to find new ways to live, even though her choices around her were limited. And she shows this depth of curiosity about her world and herself that I find such an inspiring model for all of us. Because I think it would be very easy to just stay in the darkness, wouldn't it? Given those circumstances. But she had this light in her and that light could not be contained. And We see in her writing the light that was carried by everyone around her who she talks about. We see the light of Meep Geese, who, at great risk to herself and to her husband, helped those hiding in the secret annex. We also see Meep Geese preserved Anne's writings after the Frank family was captured by the Gestapo. And we wouldn't even have Anne Frank's diaries today if it wasn't for the courage of her father, Otto Frank, the only survivor from her family. You see, he was willing and courageous enough to endure the pain and the sadness that he knew he was going to feel when he read her diaries. And because he did, he found out about her dream of being a writer. He found that she wanted to be a journalist. She wanted to be published. And so he did everything that he could to help her fulfill that dream. And his curiosity led to something beautiful. Because now she is a household name. Now her diaries are part of school curriculums across the country, across the world. And they continue to inspire us. They've inspired names like John F. Kennedy and Theodore Roosevelt. And they even inspired the great Nelson Mandela who found comfort in the writings in her diaries while he himself was a captive in South Africa during apartheid. Through her curiosity, her optimism, and her willingness to really deeply explore herself and the world around her, we see this very important truth that no matter how dark the dark may be, there is always light to be had. And she teaches me that even the dimmest of lights will illuminate the cave of my soul. And so how can we be like Anne Frank? How can we develop that awareness of our own life and allow it to lend its strength to us, its courage to us, so that we might better face our fears? Well, here's where Anne Frank continues to give to us because she gave us this great tool called journaling. And now I'm going to be very honest with you. I call it a great tool, and it's also the spiritual practice that I myself struggle with the most. Why is that? Well, I think the reason I struggle with it is because I notice when I journal that I tend to be confronted by those fears. I get confronted by the fear of the unknown. Sometimes I notice that I've got this fear of some bad thing that might happen. But also I notice that sometimes I'm afraid of what might happen if I actually write it out. And now I can't build my identity off of this bad thing in my life anymore. (laughs) You know, what would happen if I let it go? What would happen if I actually healed? You know, there's a fear there of who I would be without the bit of darkness that I have an opportunity to shine my light on. I notice that when I'm journaling, sometimes there's parts of me that feel like if I were to shine the light of truth upon them, that now they're not going to exist anymore. And that's scary. But I try it anyway. And I'm trying it more and more. Because I notice too when I do this that I start to feel like I have more of that light within me coming forth. It's almost like the act of writing on the pages is taking the wall within me and then just putting it on the page. And then that light is able to shine forth. So, looking at these parts of us, they, it can feel unsafe. And that's why it's so important that when we're doing this kind of work, when we're facing our fears of the darkness and facing our darkness, that We can do everything we can to tune in to that light that's already within us. The good news is it's already there. We just have to find it. And I find this work to have two sides to it. that kind of build on each other. And the first is that I've noticed that we gain more access to our light when we're just courageous enough to witness those parts of ourselves that we don't always like. Because that act of witnessing itself, whether we're doing it on journaling, maybe we're doing it in a meditation, maybe we're doing it in a prayer, that witnessing helps to tear down the barriers that we've put up between the light and those darker parts of ourselves. And the more we tune into that light, the more we take these barriers down, well, something cool happens. That light grows. It's able to shine brighter because it's able to shine brighter, it helps us to go deeper. It helps us to truly witness and learn to love those aspects of ourselves that we might feel are ugly or broken. And Thomas More, one of my favorite authors, shares in his book, Care of the Soul, disappointments in love, even betrayals and losses, serve the soul At the very moment, they seem in life to be tragedies. The soul is partly in time and partly in eternity. We might remember the part that resides in eternity when we feel despair over the part that is in life. And so what helps me to shift and to face my fears is simply getting a glimpse of that light. Because when I do, I can feel the love that it has for me, including the love that it has for my darker parts. Even that smallest glimmer of light might inspire me to start writing, to meditate, to pray, to go for a hike in nature. And when I do, it's as though that little pinprick of light expands and grows and life becomes easier Because the things that I thought that I was afraid of don't seem so frightening anymore. And this is something that you can experience too. Even if maybe you're like me and you find journaling to be hard. And we can do it now. If it feels comfortable, I invite you to take this moment to turn within. And you can close your eyes if that feels comfortable. And if not, maybe just let your gaze soften. And ask yourself, where do I see glimpses of my light? Maybe there's a certain activity that you do that feels like it comes from your light.